Hello, everybody, and welcome to my show. My name is JT Fox, and welcome to the JT Fox Podcast Network. On this network, you'll see everything from me talking about the news, which I will talk about today, whether interviewing a celebrity or someone very successful, or debating the news with my CEO. And sometimes we talk about how to turn income into wealth, and sometimes just how to make more income. And we also have a real estate show coming any day now soon with the famous Uncle Paulie as well. So I apologize. Um, I only did one podcast last week and I vowed to do one every day. But between being in New York, meeting Anne Wintour, Norway for the opening of one of my businesses, staying there for literally less than 20 hours, flying over to Vancouver for a day, flying over to LA for a day uh, to meet a billionaire. I mean, also a billionaire in Norway to flying to go meet um, uh, Tom Brady. And I'll, I'll speak about that probably in the next couple of days about my experience with that, meeting Tom Brady, hanging out with them, playing football, uh, how amazing that was. And so I'll explain that in the next few days. Uh, meeting Ann Wintour on Monday, uh, it has been an action-packed week and uh, really hard to do the show. And a lot of people say, ah, JT, you're not, uh, you're not doing this. And I, I had intention of doing more, uh, but massive storms in Florida. You had Southwest glitches. All the flights were canceled. In fact, I was supposed to meet Drew Brees, the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, Take a private plane, not mine, somebody else's. I like the OPP, other people's planes. And um, the jet couldn't even land the night before, so we actually didn't get a chance to go to New Orleans. And so that was kind of crazy, and there was no flights out. I literally had to drive 13 hours. I had to do a rental car, drive three hours to a rental car place because everything was, was packed. I had to go back to Orlando, and then drove 13 hours. So an insane ride as well. But I'm home uh, for uh, four or five days, so I will get back onto the schedule. So I apologize. Today, we're going to talk about Trump. We're going to talk about Elon Musk. We're going to talk about Liverpool, the soccer club in the UK. We're going to talk about Starbucks, and then if we get into other topics. Now, I want to get to Elon Musk has purchased a 9% share of Twitter. You may have heard this before. Elon Musk was uh, sort of teasing that he wanted to do his own social media network. Next thing you know, he buys a 9% stake, which is up about 27% since he's done it because obviously people said he was involved and it spiked up. And um, people are like, well, there must be something with it. I actually think this is strictly a long-term business decision. Maybe he's never going to get shadow banned since he owns 9% of the stock more than uh, any other uh, Vanguard, more than, which is a um, sort of a, a large mutual fund type company uh, and also larger than Jack Dorsey himself. And so pretty impressive stake uh, that uh, Elon Musk has taken, an interesting move. And see, people say, why don't he chart his own? Why, do, why, why don't you start your own? Well, Trump started True Social, and I think there's a waiting list of four or five million people, and it's a complete disaster from what I heard. And there was a SPAC around it, which went insane, and now that SPAC is going down. It's majorly disorganized, and I would know this because I'm a founder of a new social media company that uh, is in beta right now only to my clients who are sort of testing out adding, and it's very difficult to do between chat and moderation and everything, and the premise of our social media, which some of you like, like I have a lot of followers. Let's say 60,000 followers. I've got 400,000 on Facebook, uh, 25,000 on, uh, on Twitter. And only 1% to 3% of the people see my posts. So what's the point of building social media following if people cannot see my posts? They can't see my message. So imagine having your own social media network that if you want to be advertised to, then you know what? You get paid. Uh, imagine being able to sell stuff, to have different private channels for your business, your personal, not give out your phone number. This thing is like WeChat in China 
but in America, and it does everything. And I'm very excited about that as being one of the founders. My other partner, Alex, has been working on that as well. But it is, um, it is a shit show, as, they, uh, as they're calling the social media as well. So I wouldn't put so much uh, thought into Elon Musk buying this as well. Now, would I, with all that money, would you buy Twitter? <sighs> I don't know. Twitter is going to continue growing. Obviously, that Twitter spaces, but um, it's kind of been stagnant. Now, it, it is a bit cooler than it was before. Um, but it is a source of a lot of hate, a lot of haters, uh, a lot of instant sort of complaining, and and you know there's a lot of weird things that are going on uh, there as well. So I don't know. I I just think this is just a buy and hold. A lot of people think that Elon Musk just buy stuff and then basically raises the value and then sells it. He's actually a long term holder, so he's not a pump and dump type of guy. And second of all, when you're worth 287 billion dollars, you don't need to do that. Uh, you don't need to do that as well. So Trump is in trouble. I don't know if that social media is going to take off, which is kind of interesting because they really had almost two years to, to get it done. And and uh, it's still not where it is. And knowing how much we're spending on tech and what our burn rate is, uh, it's, it's, it's not as easy as people think. But you had the name, you had the platform. There's constantly dissatisfaction. People are dissatisfied with social media. Like you have to admit, we're not seeing our posts. We're, we're basically, um, you know, they're changing the algorithm and we're giving them all their information. So it's time for it to take control back of our social media. And that's what I hope ours is going to do. And if not, then I'll just have my own network to do that as well. Um, the other one is an interesting story. So Liverpool, the, the very famous football club or soccer club in the UK, uh, did an NFT and, uh, and uh, for their club, and they were anticipating a lot more money and only made $8.5 million, and 10,000 only people bought the NFTs, uh, and they were expecting uh, way more, hundreds of thousands of NFTs sold for the club. And it's a complete disaster, and obviously those who already bought it, it's, it's not worth very much because obviously it didn't sell very much. And I think this is my point about NFTs, that a lot of people have started it as a cash grab. They use their brand, their name, their credibility, and they're selling you garbage. They're taking the money up front because you're paying them in cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency value continues going up, and you're left holding the bag. You know, Mayweather started two cryptocurrency, two NFTs, or promoted two NFTs. They're both worthless now, and no one gets accountability. There's a lot of fraud. There's a lot of these scammers, and how these NFTs are promoted are really promoted a lot like the get rich quick stuff. Like, you know, hey, I sold everything I own in order to do this NFT and look where I am now and now I have a jet. It's it's all a fugazi, which is a fakeness as well. And if you think there's not a bubble coming, now the utility of the NFT, see the NFTs, as long as there's a utility, like if I buy an NFT and it's tied to an experience or it's tied to something tangible, I'm, I'm all for that. But for a cartoon drawing of a monkey or a rhino or a giraffe or whatever it is that I could right click and save so that I can show to a bunch of my people trying to impress them about, look, I own this ape or I own this giant fugazi. Now, there's a lot of money being put in this. As I said before, um, you know, Anderson Hardowitz, one of the biggest private equity, put $450 million into the company that did the Bored Apes and uh, who, who bought uh, recently the uh, CryptoPunks and so to build a metaverse. And so I, I don't see it. I, I'm sure it's the future because people used to say that about the internet. So I'm sure that there has to be, people have to learn about it, right? Just like so many people are behind on the internet. Uh, whether it's going to work or not, I don't know. Nobody knows. Uh, a lot of things are, are, are artificially being pumped right now, but there's going to be effects in the economy. Uh, there's no question about that. There will definitely be effects in the economy. 
Um, so I'd be very careful. But this is the disgustedness of people just preying on people to get a cash grab. You know, like obviously the people that own Liverpool, there's some of the you know, the billionaires. Uh, they're billionaires and uh, American billionaires. And all of a sudden now we have to do this cash grab. I mean, come on. Um, for those, I, I reported this on a previous podcast that Howard Schultz, who I met, uh, the, who is the former CEO of Starbucks, returned as CEO of Starbucks, and he halted a buyback program, right? So Starbucks was paying high dividends. It was doing a buyback. He halted in order for Starbucks to innovate. That is why when I met Howard Schultz, he is a genius. And if you, one of my favorite books, I think it's my top five books called Onward by Howard Schultz. And it was how Starbucks in 2008, remember the, the market was crashing. Nobody wanted to spend, you know, $7 on a coffee and how they turned it around. It's a phenomenal book, except the last page, the last chapter is very fluffy, very woke uh, in itself. Not fluffy, sorry. Fluffy's dedicated for somebody else's name. I mean, very woke and, you know, like, um, like very marshmallow is what I call, but the rest is a phenomenal business book and uh, really the art of a turnaround, right? Where there's a recession and there's a economic meltdown. How do you get people to keep buying your coffee? It was a great, great book. And the fact that he's doing that just shows the innovation and the forward thinking of Howard Schultz. And um, I like that guy. I think he's going to take Starbucks because, you know, people know Starbucks. So it's a little stale. So they need to do something. They need to invest. You know, in Chicago, they invested in a huge uh, mega Starbucks. It's like the thing is massive. And I remember when it first opened, there were lines around the block to get into the Starbucks. And, and uh, I mean, it's huge. It's, uh, it's like you have to really Google it, Starbucks uh, Chicago. And you could see the um, on Michigan Avenue prime location. I don't know if they make money because of where their location is. They probably do. But uh, very, very expensive real estate. And don't forget, this is real estate that was purchased before COVID. Uh, Mag Mile in Chicago, which is kind of like the Fifth Avenue of New York, uh, their prices are severely uh, depressed right now, partly because people, um, you know, the riots that happened, the vandalism to stores like Louis Vuitton, Cartier, Hermes, I mean, they're all just leaving because it's not worth it having there. They're being robbed all the time. And um, so that real estate and part of the pandemic, also Chicago being a blue state and people not going downtown, less tourism, less international, uh, they've been really hit. But it will bounce back because Chicago is a major city and and um, but hurting. Definitely, 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 definitely hurting. So but visionary. I love this idea of this kind of visionary Howard Schultz and how he's taking a look at things and and the innovation of better, faster, more efficient as well. Uh, it's interesting because obviously now people are claiming that um, you know Russia should be tried for war crimes for what they're doing. You have mass graves, but not as much conversation because just like COVID, I think people are being desensitized to it as well. Um, and um, you know, it's it's very sad. It just I just don't. You know, I think it's going to take some, and at some point, someone's going to get frustrated. Someone's going to press the button, and then that's going to affect the uh, the market. It'd be very interesting to see if uh, basically Putin said, "If you don't put rubles in our bank account, we're cutting you out." But how are they sending the rubles? So there's a lot of the um, a lot of interesting things that uh, are happening. Obviously, the UN's latest 3,000 page climate report came in and said that by 2100, the temperature of the Earth will be 5.7 percent, and that will affect a lot of countries, a lot of places, uh, farming, and so everybody's freaking out. And um, a lot of people are saying the ship may have sailed. I mean, at this point, um, you know, everyone has to be on the same page, and there's a lot of countries like China and India are not going to get on the same page because it's going to affect their economy. So it'll be very, very interesting to see uh, as well. Also, uh, you know, an interesting article. I don't know how you guys feel about it because it's always like sensitive. But Black Lives Matter secretly used six million dollars in donations to buy a luxurious sixty-five hundred square foot mansion with six bedrooms, parking for twenty cars in Southern California in twenty twenty. 
and where the leaders are there are filming YouTube videos as well. And so, which is kind of what happens with these movements. And, and the, by the way, there were similar issues with the Me Too movement who started this, where there's some, the funds, a lot of funds are coming in, a lot of corporations are raising a lot of money. They got a lot of momentum. But the people that run it, we make it seem like, oh my God, they're so amazing. But a lot of them are nothing more than extortionists. They just line up their pockets, they spend and I think that's kind of exactly the thing that kind of happened with the Me Too movement. You have people and it's a little movement and all of a sudden it gets massive. A lot of people with a lot of money, a lot of corporations put money on there to say, look, we donated here. And at the end of the day, these people are buying mansions in Southern California. They should reinvest in education program. They should give them back to the people they need. Of course, you're probably not surprised. I'm not surprised. Now, of course, this is going to be twisted that JT said this and JC did that. Okay, so we need to buy a $6.5 million house to do YouTube videos. So let's let's do that as well. Let's let no wonder the the system is so inefficient. And um, and by the way, this is not the only thing. I think one Black Lives Matter person in Boston got indicted for buying houses and misappropriation of funds. And so I just hate what happens. And by the way, that happens with a lot of charities, right? And so a lot of the charities, the money doesn't all go back to the people it's intended to help. It goes to paying celebrities to draw people in, high salaries, marketing departments, wasting money. These charity people are not business people. And that's the problem is that, is that and by the way, they have good intentions. I'm sure of that. But in this situation, it really, really, really makes me bad. And then finally, the J.P. Morgan Chase CEO, Jamie Dimon, is slamming the Biden administration for what he says, stupid, incomprehensible, uncoordinated policies, and all this regulation, dysfunctional politics is going to be affecting the economy in the short term and geopolitical in the long term as well. So he gave, and this is something I've called, a very bleak financial outlook in the world uh, that is up and coming. And this could be a hangover that will last decades thanks to the war in Ukraine, high inflation, which probably doesn't expect to come back down, obviously COVID as well. So, um, and usually sometimes these CEOs put that out there. So if something happens, they're like, oops, we told you so. But interestingly, how would J.B. Uh, Morgan be affected? Obviously, um, they are regulating the loans. They have a huge underwriting department. Uh, and so I think there's going to be a lot more um, trade issues that are happening. And a vast inequalities in societies and free trade. And the problem is that there's no one solving these problems. We're all putting a band-aid and, and let alone rising debt. And obviously insurance will continue going up. So this will affect everything. So if you don't think it's gonna be affect anything, you still have not learned a thing. And so that's it for today. By the way, if you would like to come to the founders, which by the way, a group of 400 billionaires, millionaires, high net worth individuals, highly driven individuals, we get together. You can watch us do deals. You can participate. You can add value. You can basically, listen, I know you enjoy this show, but let's find out to make some money together or grow together or get to know each other as well. In addition, if there's a link in the comments too, I give away five of my free courses for free, nothing to sell you, just adding value because I think it's very, very important. The more you give, the more you get. It is the continued value that I will bring to this as well. Just a huge favor. If you can share this podcast, tell people about it, give it five star. If you do enjoy it, the more comments I see, the more ratings I see, the more of them I will do. I try to do it every single day. I was very, very bad next uh, uh, last uh, time. And also too, if you want my money to fund your deals or your company, I'm open to that. The link is there as well. So thank you. We're back giving you some straight, no BS how it is. Link is below if you want all that stuff. We'll see you tomorrow.